Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And Derek is back in the in the seat this week for this week's edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And back from the brink of Omicron, <laughs> Derek Diamond. Uh, sounded like you had fun. So, uh, first of all, I want to thank you to Wally for filling in for me at last minute notice last week. So, l- let, me, let me paint the picture of my <laughs> previous Wednesday one week ago. So I woke up, I normally wake up pretty early uh, during the week because I have to get ready for work fairly early. But this this particular day, I was up at 4 a.m. with chills and a fever. Like, you know, like I didn't even have to take my temperature. I could just tell that I had a fever. My instant thought was, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, crap. I, I'm, I'm just like, I know what it is. I don't want to take a test. But I I have to know. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get an at-home test, and I tested positive for COVID. (laughs) After two years and being around so many people that have gotten it. And you're vaccinated too, right? Aren't you? Well, I haven't gotten my booster yet. But I've still been able to avoid it for nearly two years, and then I just out of the blue get it i don't 100 percent know where i got it from but yeah tested positive and was quarantined until until monday there's no telling where you got it that that stuff is so contagious at this point it could have been there's no telling you could have gotten it from anywhere at this point yeah the crazy thing is my fiance did not (laughs) weird (laughs) so weird I have no idea, but Derek texted uh, early in the morning. I don't remember exactly when you tested and was like, hey, guys, uh, I have COVID. And I was like, well, shit. 
Like, <laughs> how are you feeling? And you were like, ah, I'm okay. And I was like, well, you think you could be okay for the show tonight? And you were like, yeah, I should be fine. And then I was like, well, if you start let, feeling bad, let me know. And um, we were on a three-way text with Wally. I was like, Wally, can you take over for Derek? And Wally was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then about an hour later, Derek texts back and was like, uh, I'm not going to be on the show tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually asleep when you guys did the show last week. I, I slept most of the afternoon that Wednesday because I, I fell asleep, I think, around 11 and then woke back up at one, fell asleep again, woke up for a couple of hours and then fell asleep around like seven, seven thirty. Yeah. So, uh, but all good now, uh, went back to work on Tuesday and still dealing with a little bit of congestion, but you know, not nothing like I was dealing with a, a week ago. So thank you again to Wally for filling in for me, good. but I'm, I am very happy to be back. I'm glad you had a, a relatively easy time of it and not like, you know, put on a ventilator or something. Yeah. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't still be here. <laughs> so did you get to play anything while you were sick or, or just what you were reviewing this week? Uh, for the most part, what I'm reviewing this week, and I, I will say this is a, a precursor. I completed the game, which mm. I've a lot of reviews that I've done lately. I haven't been able to fully complete the game, but being home gave me the opportunity to do it. So. Sorry, I was drinking uh, uh, some B-Res coffee and it went down the wrong pipe. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Some, ki some king cake flavored yeah, B-Res coffee from flavored. what I understand. Yeah, uh, Mike from B-Res sent me a bag of uh, um, king cake as a thank you for, for a little project I need to do for him. And uh, fresh, fresh first cup out of the, out of the bag right here. And, nice. Uh, man, it's good. I still need to get some. I, I haven't gotten any B-Res coffee in a while, I hate to say, but yeah, at some point. It's good stuff, man. If you haven't mm -hmm. if you haven't yet, like just like our ad says, go over there, 10% off your order for using the code NCR. Man, they got some good coffee. It's it, You're missing out. It's, it's, it's some serious gourmet shit. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, but how, how has your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good, man. Um, you know, just... Did some comedy this week and uh, getting prepared for uh, doing a, a taping on Wednesday um, for for future use um, that we're going to pitch to some some things I'm not going to reveal at this point. Um, and I've been playing a lot of Loop Hero over the last week, and uh, I think I'm going to review that next week because that's pretty much all I've been playing was Loop is Loop Hero. Nice. I did find yeah, a glitch though, and I don't know if anybody if anybody else is playing it. On the Switch right now, um, when you go to the supply tab and you're putting your supplies that you come across, like your pots and pans, and you know, because you're trying to rebuild society, so you're trying to use things like pots and pans and hammers and axes to build things and all that stuff. And when I try to move those into where they're, the little slots where they're supposed to be, the game throws up an error message and I get kicked out of the game and have to restart. So I don't know if that's a glitch that is being looked at or who I would need to email. Maybe I should email the company and be like, hey, you got a glitch in the in the Switch version. The subject line should read, there's a glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> there's a glitch in the Switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to play it, though. I mean, I've you know, you've been talking about it quite a bit 
over the last couple of weeks. So I, I think maybe this weekend I'll actually finally get it and dive right in. I'm going to go ahead and say this. If I had played this in 2021, it would have been my game of the year. Easy. Really? Yeah. It's a bold statement. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good okay. game. And it's, okay. it's, it's, it's scratching every gaming itch I have right now, all in one. All right, I, th- I think you sold a copy. Yeah, you should You should play it. That way we can <laughs> yeah, both, both I, talk about it next week. Yeah, I'm excited to, to play it. But uh, we got some big, big, big news to talk about this week. You ready to go into it? Uh, let's do it. So uh, we do have some other stories that we might get to tonight. Uh, this is a pretty big story we need to talk about. But if we get to the other stories, some of the other stories were submitted to us by Armez Jackson, uh, one of our patrons right over there at uh, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. The big story this week is just, which finally a big news story happens the day before we record instead of the day after. Oh, I was expecting this to drop tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. And uh, this is the article on Polygon, but you can pretty much read about it everywhere. Um, Microsoft plans to require Activision Blizzard, publisher of some of the most popular games on the planet, from World of Warcraft to Call of Duty, as well as the studios currently embroiled in multiple lawsuits re- related to accusations of gender discrimination in its workplace, Company announced Tuesday, Bill Spencer will serve as the CEO of Microsoft Gaming and oversee Activision Blizzard once the transaction is finalized. The deal is worth $68.7 billion. And just to put that in context, when Disney bought Star Wars, it was for $4 billion. And we thought that was crazy. (laughs) This is like... Sixty say eight point seven billion dollars is a lot of freaking money. Like I can't even wrap my head around sixty eight point seven billion dollars. I'm still of the mindset that four billion is a, a ton of money that I would have no idea what to do with. I I was floored when I read like just the money that they spent. <laughs> well, one of the biggest yeah. things that they're getting in this is uh who is is it King Publishing, the publisher of can- games like Candy yep. Crush, things like that, mobile yep. gaming. The mobile gaming division is going to be the big thing that they get out of this because I, whether you like it or not, mobile gaming is probably the biggest moneymaker in gaming right now. And Candy Crush is so far ahead of everything else uh, mobile gaming-wise. Like That game is makes so much money every single day like it's insane um i mean probably candy crush was probably worth 68 billion dollars on its own (laughs) with how much money that game makes um but when this happened uh of course it blew up all over twitter and some of the first questions i got were do you think world of warcraft is going 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 to get put on and we're going to cover a lot of stuff here (laughs) for the for this acquisition but um, is World of Warcraft going to be put on consoles? My first thought was maybe, but then the more I think about it, the more I thought about it over the last day or so, absolutely not. Because here's the thing. Um, when World of Warcraft, you're, when you're talking about World of Warcraft, you're talking about nearly a 20-year-old game at this point. 
it was developed in two, they started developing it in like the late nineties, 2000. Um, the beta came out in 2004. It was released commercially in 2005, 17 years ago. Now, yeah, they've done some, uh, you know, they've done some things to it to up-res it and everything, but you're talking about almost a 20-year-old game engine. Not only that, but because of the mass exodus that happened over the whole, you know, what happened last year with Activision Blizzard, there were people leaving that game for years before this even happened. That's why they don't put out the numbers of subscribers for World of Warcraft for like the past five years. Um so there have been so many other games that have come out in the, the MMORPG space that do it better. Like you've got Elder Scrolls Online, you've got Final Fantasy XIV. There are so many other games that do it better. Why would Microsoft waste their time trying to put World of Warcraft on, trying to make it console uh, active, like be able to do it on a console when... In my mind, they don't probably don't give a crap about World of Warcraft at this point. It's probably going to be a legacy game. They're just, just not going to do anything for it at this point, except keep the servers open for the people that are still there. If my money would be on, they're going to put most of their, um, they're going to focus more on Overwatch 2 and maybe make that more like a, uh, a online component to that. Um, and maybe if they're going to do something else, Warcraft, like World of Warcraft, they're going to have to update it to where it plays more like a modern MMO, like Elder Scrolls or something like that. But that's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but it's going to be at least another five to seven years before we can even see if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> so, you know. But luckily we have the technology of recording yeah. to say hey we said this years we'll, ago we'll come back in 2028 yeah. and, and listen to this episode and see if i was right yeah i don't disagree with you however to play a little bit of devil's advocate i could see them maybe trying a world of warcraft console game well yeah just that, just yes just just because I think the name alone still carries a little bit of clout. Yeah. And I could see, I think the temptation to make money is just going to be too great for them not to do it. I've never really played World of Warcraft extensively. I've watched gameplay online. I've watched people play in person. I do agree with you. I don't think it would necessarily fit, but that doesn't mean that I don't think they will try it. Well, at some point i i should clarify i i do agree with what you're saying <clears throat> that if they do something warcraft it's going to be something completely new because and, and when i say they're going to put they're basically the world of warcraft the way it exists now is going to be basically put out to pasture because it, there's no way you're going to get new people back to new people in that game you're not going to get the people back that left so why waste all that time and energy trying to put that game on a console when it's already way past its prime? And you know, people get mad at me for saying that, but that game was at its prime between like 2007 and 2012. After that, it's been, it's basically just been coasting on it, uh, resting on its laurels, basically. They haven't even innovated anything. They haven't done anything new. They've just been coasting. And 
they're not going to get anybody new or returning to that game. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. But it, it does give them the opportunity to do something new. Yeah. With new with new ownership. And that's with exciting. Microsoft taking over. They could do something really cool. Whether they do or not, we'll have to see. But I, I think there would be a, a good bit of excitement if they announce, you know, in the next year or two that there is a Warcraft game coming to the Xbox. Yeah. Like that would be something that if you had mentioned that ten years ago, I would have said you're insane. Yeah. I, so, and you're right. I mean, they could do something. Like I said, it could. If you're gonna do a new MMO, you have to do it in a new style. You can't do what they did with that game. You have to update it to be something more like Elder Scrolls Online. And I think they could easily, easily do that with World of Warcraft. But the the game, the way it is, isn't set up like that. So they would have to rebuild it from the ground up. Yeah, I agree, but I think that's probably the best thing. If yeah. they continue if they want to continue to do something with it, which I think they'd be stupid not to because as I mentioned, I think the name still carries some clout in the gaming world. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as as Blizzard goes, I mean, they're they're going to to concentrate on Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. And that's they're going to get those out, and then what comes afterwards, we don't know. But those are what it, Microsoft is going to be like. Finish these two games, like stop all this other crap you're doing. Finish these two games, and let's get them out there. Agreed. But there, there's a lot of other properties that that they own. Like Activision does own the rights to Crash Bandicoot. I yeah. believe they own the rights to Spyro as well. So I, I think those are projects that could be somewhere down the line, but they could bring those back, you know, under the Microsoft banner. It's yeah. it's crazy to think that you know, you think of those two properties specifically, and they were associated with the PlayStation for so long. Yeah. And now they're under the Microsoft banner. And that brings me to the next thing that people are worried about is is well, is everything Activision and Blizzard going to be xbox exclusive i don't think so at all the way microsoft works these days is they don't care about console i i mean you're always going to have your console exclusives because like your legacy titles like your halo your uh gears of war things of like that are going to be exclusive to the xbox but they're not going to make call of duty xbox exclusive because let me tell you so you know how microsoft was able to buy Activision for $68.7 billion is because Microsoft likes money. And the way they're going to make money is to have these games available in as many places as they can possibly fit them. You know, if it's they call business, yeah, if they can get Call of Duty to work on, you know, a Texas instrument uh, calculator from 1996, they would. You know, they're going to put it on everything. It's not going to be console exclusive. I can guarantee that. Well, and the the gaming world has changed, you know, from what we remember it in the 80s and 90s, where it was like console wars. And with some fans, it's still that way. But I I haven't really looked at it in that way in quite some time. So, I mean, you look at, you know, Microsoft has partnered with Nintendo in the past. So, yeah, it's there. It's not gonna be all under the xbox banner there will be some i think that will be 
but I, I'm with you. I think it won't change as drastically as I think people are afraid of. Yeah. And I get people's trepidations. You know, Microsoft is a huge corporation, but I think they do. I, I do think that Microsoft has players, gamers' best interests at heart. And I don't think they're going to want to do anything to uh, really upset people in that way. Like, you know, with the Bethesda acquisition that they just did, I, I still don't think Bethesda games are going to be exclusive to the Xbox. I think they're going to want to put those games in as many places as they can get them. Yep, I totally agree. And as far as uh, people worried about, well, well, now, um, you know, with I guess nothing's ever going to be available for the Mac again. And, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, <laughs> um, Scott Johnson from Frog Pants yesterday was talking about this. And, like, when you think about it, like Activision Blizzard, like Diablo, they already, they already said that Diablo 4 was not going to be available for the Mac. The last game that they made that was Mac-ready was Diablo 3 in 2012. Overwatch wasn't on the Mac. Diablo 4 wasn't going to be on the Mac. So they haven't made anything for the Mac in 10 years now. Yeah. So I yeah. don't... I don't know why that's making people angry. I mean, I'm a Mac gamer and I'm upset that they, you know, didn't put Overwatch and stuff on Mac, but you know, it didn't kill me to not have it. It, it seems like gaming in general, as far as computers has gone much more PC based. And I could be wrong in saying that, but from what I've seen, it's much more geared to the, the PC crowd. Well, I think too, this is just my theory. This might be the last generation of Xboxes, actual hardware, because if they if if you can if they can make Game Pass available, like I could use Game Pass now on my Mac and play all the 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 Microsoft games if I wanted to. Um, you know, you can play. You can have Game Pass on Mac. You can have Game Pass on PC. What if they could work it out where you, if they start making deals and actually have Game Pass like on your Switch or even on a Sony, <laughs> like the Sony PlayStation 6, and it has, you know, a little uh, app on there that says, is Microsoft Game Pass that you, you can play the games on your PS6? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I'm, I'm with you too. I was having this conversation with some friends yesterday that eventually we're going to get to the point where there aren't going to, there isn't going to be like a physical Xbox. Yeah. Like you just download it wherever you want. And that's, that's just the way it'll be. I mean, it's, I, I feel like gaming has been gearing up to that point. And I think Microsoft is just a little more ahead than Sony and Nintendo are. In the future, it might just be, you know, a, a controller. And like, you know, an HDMI, little HDMI dongle, you know, that, that's your, yeah. <laughs> that's your console, you know, but my, how the world of gaming has changed <laughs> in the last 20, 25 years. Does it say here, uh, what are some of the other Activision, uh, properties that people were, uh, were talking about over the last few days? 
Because whenever I think of Activision, like one of the first things that pops in my head is River Raid. Remember River Raid? Yep, I remember River Raid. <laughs> like, I want a new version of River Raid. I think that'd be great. Uh, let's see. So, Microsoft now controls following the Activision Blizzard deal, uh, including, uh, I won't go through the whole list because there's a lot, but just some of the more notable titles are Call of Duty, Candy Crush, Crash Bandicoot, Diablo, DJ Hero, uh, Guitar Hero, Hearthstone, Interstate 76, King's Quest, Overwatch, Pitfall, Police Quest, Rock and Roll Racing, Skylanders, Space Quest, Spyro, StarCraft, uh, SWAT, The Lost Vikings. That. that could be something that they could turn into yes. a, uh, uh, like a console MMO as well as StarCraft. StarCraft was a pretty big deal yeah. back in the day. So yeah, they, I if I were them, I would definitely look at bringing StarCraft back. And you've also got uh, Tony Hawk. Yeah, which I for, I forgot that that was under Activision, uh, Warcraft and Zork. This actually makes me feel a little bit better about uh, maybe playing some Activision games again after this. Well, and, and that's something that we haven't talked about yet. Are the all the situations that's been going on with the potential lawsuits and everything that's you know really. You know, I know we had the discussion a while back that we were going to actually hold off on reviewing Activision games because of everything that's been going on. Mm. I personally think that Microsoft would not have done this deal if they didn't have a plan in place to handle it because it would be too yeah. much of a black eye. I know Microsoft is one of the biggest corporations in the world, but we're in an age now that you can't really escape that type of stigma and bad press. Yeah. So I truly believe that they've got some type of plan in place. And I know they haven't really mentioned it yet, but it would just be such a bad look if they didn't. Yeah. Well, this has been in the works for a while, you know, like this, the, the, these kind of acquisitions don't happen overnight. So this yeah. is, you know, this is something that's been in the pipeline for a while and it's not going to, it's not going to take place overnight. I mean, we've got at least, you know, a couple of years before we start to see any real effects from this. It's going to close in 2023. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, you know, still a year away from now. And even then yeah. after that, you know, it's like they, they, and I mean, they could be right now. I mean, if it's going to be finalized and it's already a done deal, they might already be, you know, like kicking Bobby Kotick out. Being like, get your sorry ass out of here. We're gonna start taking charge of everything and looking at all these teams and like, especially over at Blizzard, being like, stop doing what Bobby told you to do. Go work on your stuff. <laughs> you know what you're supposed to be working on. Yeah, we need Overwatch two and Diablo four out there. Like, soon as this, I I guarantee you, as soon as this happens, I mean, Diablo four and Overwatch two are probably gonna drop as soon as this deal goes through. I do hope that for those that work for Activision Blizzard that are just good employees that love making games yeah. and had nothing to do with what let, happened. Let them, I, I hope let them make games and leave them alone. 
yeah, just get, but they should be given the opportunity to stay. Yeah. I hope they don't just clean house for the sake of doing oh, it. Oh, I don't think that's going to happen at all. Good. I'm sure a lot of people might actually come back that, that were there. I hope so. That'd be nice. Yeah, I really hope so. But um, the, the, this is by far, I think, the biggest news story we've talked about in over a year. Oh, yeah. This was a bombshell. Um, another cool story. You want to take this one to the very next story? We'll do one more story, and then we'll go to history. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, this is from comicbook.com. Nintendo Switch reportedly passes lifetime sales of the Nintendo Wii, which is something I didn't think would ever happen. <laughs> I didn't either. But, but I'm happy to hear it, though. It was bound to happen at some point, but it looks as though the Nintendo Switch has now surpassed the Nintendo Wii when it comes to lifetime console sales. Following another strong holiday season for the Switch to end 2021, Nintendo was finally able to beat its own milestone in hardware units sold. The Switch was able to sell 1.16 million units in one of the final weeks of December. As such, this brought the platform's new lifetime sales total to 101.88 million units in total, which beats the 101.63 sold by the Nintendo Wii. And this is around the this is around the world. This isn't just in the United States. And the, and the crazy thing is, is this isn't even the final, you know, we still have another, what, two years on the Wii before we get another console. How many more are they going to sell over the next year or two? I'm still curious as to when they're going to announce the next console. Uh, well, the, we, By we average out- lifespan, we, the, the Wii came out, I think, in 20- 2006. The Switch was 17. Yeah. It was March of 2017 when it came out. And they out. usually get five to six years out of their consoles. So I, what if we get an announcement late this year? Later this year? I mean, it's possible. Maybe. I'm just curious as to what you know they're actually going to do. Because Nintendo, we've seen that they like to be innovative with like doing different things and not doing... Like the traditional method, like we haven't had a traditional Nintendo console in a long time. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, what are they going to do to build on the success of the Switch? I don't know. I mean, I, I would honestly like to have a, a 2DS style Nintendo Switch or a 3DS. I mean, with the flip top and have a second with, screen. Yeah. I think that'd be great. I think that would be smart because the, the 3DS and the, the DS also, those sold like gangbusters too. Like they were both very good systems. I don't so, think they're going to move away from the hybrid model though. The hybrid model no, is going to be their thing from here on out. No, it's, it's too convenient and people love it too much for them not to do it. Yeah. I was not uh, a handheld gamer until the switch. And then I play the switch and I'm like, man, I've been missing out on some great Nintendo stuff for the last oh. 25 years. I've said it numerous times. Some of my favorite gaming moments are playing the Game Boy on family trips. And while he can can talk bad about the Switch all he wants, but I can play Loop Hero <laughs> on the toilet. I can't do that with an <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> uh, now, now he's going to drag his TV into his bathroom just to spite you. <laughs> if he does, if you're listening, Wally, and you do that, please uh, tweet a picture to uh, the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter account. 
as the kids say, picks or it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, you ready to go into this month in video game history? Yes, sir. In January of 1983, Electronic Games labels Donkey Kong, Space Panic, and other games with ladders as climbing games. I've never heard of this term before <laughs> until I looked this up. Climbing games either. They're platformers. <laughs> Hello, Staff End of story. Sketch. Welcome to the uh, the chat room. Welcome. Glad you could join us. Good, good yeah, Sarge. Absolutely. It's what been is... a while since I think he's been in the chat. Oh, what is Space nice. Panic? Do I remember this game? Uh, this looks I, like I a, do not. This looks like a Donkey Kong clone. Yeah. I mean, in its defense, I feel like a lot of games were clones of Donkey Kong after its yeah. success. <laughs> but I, I just thought the term climbing games was very odd. I'm like, no, they're, they're platformers. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I've, I heard that term. like That was a term back when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, in January of 1984, Bulletproof Software releases the Black Onyx on the PC-8801, which helps popularize turn-based role-playing games in Japan. I love the name, the Black Onyx. I love the cover game. art, too. It looks like a... Oh, looks like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, so I was going to say, who was the artist that did the Conan and Barbarian stuff? Um, I keep thinking... Was, that Ra- Sh- was, was it Struzan? No, not Struzan. And I, and I keep thinking Ralph Bakshi, but it's not Ralph Bakshi. Um, let's see. Who painted Conan? I'm really curious about this. I, I, I should be flogged for not remembering this. Um, oh, come on. Google, help me out here. It also says here that because of memory limitations, another part of the game was released separately on some platforms as the Fire Crystal. And then two other parts were announced, the Moonstone and Arena. Hmm. Interesting game. Frank Frazetta. That's his name, Frank Frazetta. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know why I couldn't remember that. It's such a cool name, Frank Frazetta. That's an iconic poster. Yeah, it is. Conan the Barbarian. That's something they need to make an MMO of. Conan. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Awesome, wouldn't it? That'd actually be really <laughs> cool, yeah. I would play a Conan MMO. I don't know about anybody else. I mean, if I were into MMOs, I would. Yeah. Uh, let's see. January 14th, 1988. Konami releases Konami YY World. First ever crossover game features cast of all-star characters from various video game franchises and non-video game properties such as characters from blockbuster movies. Let's see what this uh, this is, a YY world. We've talked about this before. It's a precursor, essentially, to Super Smash Brothers because you have uh, Simon Belmont, you have King Kong, you have uh, Vic Viper, the spaceship from the Gradius series. And Twin B is in there from Twin the, the yep. Twin B games. Yep. Who is Doctor? Oh, Doctor Cinnamon is from Twin B. The great Doctor Cinnamon. Uh, let's see, uh, Goemon, uh, the uh, the ninja from the Genbar Goemon series. Who is Konami Man? <laughs> I've never heard of Konami Man before. Mikey Walsh from the Goonies. 
really? was in it. I know that's, that's yeah, it says here, weird. Michael Mikey Walsh, <laughs> the lead character in the Goonies film and the Famicom games. Wow, that's weird. I, I'm looking to see if there are any other movie characters, but I think that's the only one. Dude, check out the bosses in this game. Giant one-eyed frog, uh, giant Kong robot, <laughs> giant shark, shark, skeleton dragon, giant m- moy head, Woman's head, <laughs> woman's head, <laughs> uh, giant alien head. I want to watch this movie. Can they make a movie of this? This sounds like it would be on the sci-fi channel at one o'clock in the morning. It's and you like, know what? I would stay up for it. It's the ultimate monster movie. Right? This sounds like you, great. I want to play you, this. You have not faced evil until you fought the woman's head. <laughs> what, what or is her name? Or the giant shark. <laughs> She goes by woman's head. Woman's head. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, and YY is a Japanese uh, onomatopoeia for noisy, crowded area. And just in case you hmm. were wondering. We have to find a copy of this game. I want to play this. I-, I do too. It just sounds so wacky and fun. Come on, Konami. You could still do this today. Stop making Plinko machines and start making games again. Bill it as like the the foundation of what became Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. I'd be down for it. I'd play it. Yeah, they would. They, no, would have, they would have a sale from me. Yeah, I'd play this in a heartbeat. Like it just sounds so crazy and honestly <laughs> stupid that it would be fun. <laughs> I want to play and fight woman's head. <laughs> right. <laughs> this would have to be a game to stream. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, let's see what's next. In January of 1992, Monster in My Pocket is released for the NES in North America. Very underrated NES game. So, like, I, it was one of the very first games I ever uh, reviewed for this show. Yep, it was. I think it was definitely within the first ten episodes. I just like the way the game plays. It's, like, it's so smooth, nice big sprites. It's it, uh, the Controls are nice and tight, but unfortunately, it was released late in the life of the uh, the NES, so it never got the the credit it was due. But what's crazy is that there was a toy line mm-hmm. uh, with trading cards and comic books, and also an animated special from uh, Monsters in My Pocket. So it it did have some commercial success. It's the precursor to Pokemon because that's what Pokemon stands for is pocket. Yeah, monster. pocket monsters. Yeah, can't believe they never played a They never made a Super Nintendo version of that game. Like that was such I, a missed opportunity. I was about to say, I bet this game would have been much more successful had it been maybe one of the first games for the SNES. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, let's see. Janu- uh, the penultimate here. We got January 29th, 1996. 3D Realms releases Duke Nukem 3D for the MS-DOS in North America. I love Duke Nukem back in the day. So have you been watching the Peacemaker series? No, um, I want to watch it, but I, I think I might wait until they're done, and then I'm going to stream the whole thing. Binge it. So from a look-wise, I thought he was already the perfect choice for Duke Nukem, <laughs> but after watching Peacemaker, John Cena would play an awesome Duke Nukem. He's so He's so good. <laughs> In that, like that show is so freaking funny. Yep, time to it, kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all I'm all out of bubble gum, <laughs> dude. John Cena is having a moment, man. I didn't think he would be as successful as The Rock as far as being like a wrestler turned actor, but the thing is, like, he's good. He's actually like a good actor as far as when it comes to comedy. He's been great. Like his sense of comedic timing is just so good. As much as I love The Rock, I think John Cena is actually a better actor than The Rock is because there's so, I, John Cena. Like you said, he has that comedy timing that you just mm-hmm. can't learn. Like he just has it. Yeah, and like you could see it back, you know, when he was with the WWE, and I, I guess I just didn't see it at the time that it would transition to to Hollywood, but it is crazy that, you know, you take the rock, you take Cena and even, you know, Batista with him being in mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy. Have you ever There's seen some- uh, a movie that he was in? One of the first movies I think he was in, it was called cock blockers. No, I haven't, but I've, I've heard it's funny. That movie is funny. And he is like, you can see, in that movie that like this dude's going to do something like this yeah. dude has that comedy factor, and he's not afraid to uh, just like completely humiliate himself for a laugh. So I highly recommend watching that movie. There's a sequence in the first episode of Peacemaker that in going back and reading like some cast interviews and just behind the scenes stuff, there's a scene in the first episode that made him uncomfortable to do when you see it, you'll know what it is, right. but I I've, I felt for him to do it. Like I was just like, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do what he's doing right now, but props to him for doing it. Yeah. You should wait till you see cock blockers and see some of the stuff he has had to do in that movie. I, I'll watch it this weekend, but let's see the last installment of uh, gaming history we've got for this week, January 24th of 2000 Mario party two is released for the Nintendo 64 in North America. And I don't know if I've said this on the show or not, and I might get flack for this, but I was never into the Mario party games when they came out. I've gotten, I've played them since then. And I do think they're fun, but, I don't know, like party games, and maybe it was because I'm an only child. So I didn't really have anybody to 
play multiplayer games with. Yeah, me either. <laughs> but and and even you know, the friends that I did play games with, we just we never got into it. Yeah, if I if, if I played any kind of like party games, it was more stuff like uh, Golden Eye, things like that. Halo, of course, you know the LAN parties. Never yeah. really played any of the the Mario Party stuff. But I know they're popular, and a lot of them are very well reviewed. I wouldn't be opposed but, to it. Actually, having yeah. a, doing some Mario Party game nights. Yeah, for sure. But uh, anything else before we go into the Patreon shout-outs? No, I think that's it. Well, since I did it last week, you get to do the honors this week to shout-out our lovely, lovely patrons that give us money every single month. They keep the lights on for us, if you will, here at the Dirt Cave Retro Show. We want to shout-out Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Daniel Salmon, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage. Rampage. Steph Sergeant Sketch, who is watching. Uh, Brandon Rutledge, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image, Ron Johnson, Mixmaster, and Mike Evelyn, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And because you've kept us at the $50 level, we'll continue to do fun commentary tracks like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hmm like clue and various other ones we've done. I know we've we're uh we're coming down to the wire on you know doing ours for January. I know I we've know. bounced around a couple of ideas, so we'll we'll definitely need to to figure that out. Yeah, but if you want maybe do that this weekend if we can. Yeah. Do um yeah if you want uh early access to those as well as uh voting on you know some of our reviews. We post polls for that every now and then if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head on over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Hey guys, we got to tell you about B-Rez Coffee Company. Made by gamers for gamers right here on the Gulf Coast in Pensacola, Florida. No matter what your taste in coffee are, they got you covered. You like light or medium roast? Try the Necro Medium Holy Grail Light or Stamina Boost. They can even add flavors to your coffee like iCast Fireball, which is a fireball whiskey flavor. If you like darker roasts like I do, then try the Critical Dark or Coos Slayer Mocha Roast or the Gamers on the Edge Esports Roast. They even have holiday-inspired roasts like Fall Spice, Sweet Tooth, or the Muffin Man. Do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> Can't decide what you want for those all-night gaming sessions? Then try one of their specialty sample packs. All roasts are made with fair trade Colombian beans. So stop buying all that crappy coffee from the grocery store and head over to brezcoffeecode.com and use our code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, Derek will be talking about... definitely tell that's the super nintendo sound chip oh yes so recognizable no matter what it is i do want to get into the music for this game because it's not as good as i think it could have been as far as the actual tracks themselves but what we'll get into that in a bit uh this is a game that i've actually wanted to play and review since we started this podcast and I've never gotten around to it. It's the magical quest starring Mickey mouse, which is the first game in a trilogy 
that I didn't even know this was a trilogy. I thought it was just a standalone game. Uh, was released for the Super Nintendo November 20th of 1992. Uh, it features six different levels with four different special outfits and stars Mickey Mouse on his journey to save his dog Pluto, who was dognapped by the evil Emperor Pete during a game of catch with Donald Duck and Goofy. I remember seeing this game as a kid. I remember it very vividly because it was featured in Nintendo Power magazine. See, that's funny because I had a subscription to Nintendo Power at the time. I have no memory of this game whatsoever. Really? None. I I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Hmm. It, it, it had all the beats of a game that I would have loved to have played when I was younger. It was a platformer. It's still my favorite genre. It was by far my favorite genre at the time because you give me a Mario type game, I can play it all day and I will love it. That and, you know, being a Disney fan like most kids are, the fact that it featured Mickey, Donald, Goofy, and all the other Disney characters, it it made me want to play it. But for some reason, I never did. I don't really have any recollection why, but I just never, never got around to it. Hmm. And then... Fast forward years later, when we start doing this podcast and I start thinking of games to review and I start, you know, like looking online to see what came out for Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64. This game popped up and I was like, holy crap, I haven't thought about this game since probably 1993 or 1994 and bought a copy of it a couple of years ago. I bought it, I think, pre-COVID from uh, the video game trading post here in town and just played it sparingly, but never really sat down to play it. And then when I got COVID this past week, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to play this game. I've read, I've heard that it's not that long and I'm just going to sit down and play it. And I did. And I actually completed it all in one day. It's not, it's not a very, it's not a very long game which is one of my critiques of it, but you can also tell fairly early on that it is a game made for, for kids. Like it's not That's what I was a teenager ask because the, the Disney games were notorious for being ridiculously hard, especially games like the lion King and Aladdin. I think Aladdin was harder on the super Nintendo than the Genesis version. The Genesis, but yep. the Genesis yep. version was way better. Yeah, it, it's this may have been an answer to that, which in playing it, you know, I I won't say I dislike the game, but I kept thinking this could be so much more because the fact that, you know, you, you get these different outfits throughout the game that give Mickey different abilities. So you have four incarnations of Mickey that you can play as you have traditional Mickey, which, you know, you can jump you can grab blocks to throw at your enemies you can even grab some of your enemies and throw them at others you get a magician's outfit which you can see is featured on the cover of the game yeah uh, it's you basically get this turban and you turn into a magician and you can you know, shoot magic from your hands you would think the, if they the, were going to give him a, a magician outfit it would be from fantasia that version of the outfit. That's that's exactly <laughs> what I thought too. Even back then when the game came out, I was like, 
why why would you not give him the sorcerer's apprentice hat yeah, he looks more like he's out of aladdin than an actual yeah, magician it, <laughs> exactly i mean the the turban looks like it's something that's straight out of aladdin and it looks a little different in the game than it does on the cover it's like he's cosplaying as jafar <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, but the, the one drawback of these different outfits is that, so say when you're normal Mickey, you can pick up these different blocks that have Mickey's head, like the shape of Mickey's head on them, mm-hmm. but you can't do that if you're wearing one of the other outfits, like you have to use that outfit's particular attack. Oh, uh, okay. So as a magician, you use magic. You get a firefighter uniform, which you have a giant hose that you can, you know, spray uh, long strands of water. You can use that to douse fire enemies. You can use it to uh, push blocks so that you can climb them to get to your different objectives. And then you get the mountain climber outfit, which looks like Peter Pan costume, Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting. And you also get a grappling hook that you can use to grab on the sides of ledges. Um, You can stun enemies. You can also latch onto certain objects and swing from them like a pendulum, which leads into a a pretty funny story that I have about the game. So you, you get unlimited lives like, well, you don't get unlimited lives. You get unlimited continues. So even if you get a game over, you can just say continue and you start, you know, at the beginning of that level or whatever. Oh, that's cool. I was going to ask if do you start back where you died or just back at the beginning of that level or like the beginning of the whole like, you know, block so, or whatever. So each level is separated into different sections. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's four per section. So if you die at like the end of section three and you get a game over, then you just go back to the beginning of section three. You okay. don't have to go back to the very beginning, which I thought was great. There's no save feature in the game, which sucks, but... So they actually like children, whoever made these games. Yes. (laughs) You know, I was just thinking about that because I I was just sitting here the other night and I was just going through some... uh, Just playing Ninja Gaiden for the heck of it. And I got all the way to the the final boss and died on the second phase. And and it sends you all the way back to the beginning of 5-1. And I was just like... Why would you do this? <laughs> Why? Like, because they're evil. And it's not the only game that that's horrible like that. There's so many games from this era that just punish you for dying. And it's like and I understand that they were trying to make the games last longer cuz back then it was like you got, you know, two or three games a year if you were lucky. You know, birthday and Christmas. So you had to make those games stretch, but damn, man, <laughs> like now, <laughs> playing some of these games now, and they like you get to the end of a level and die, and it sends you all the way back to like the beginning of a section. And it's like it's so aggravating. Yeah. So it made me very happy that they didn't do that Shit. for this game <laughs> because the story I'm about to tell, I died a lot. So it's, I believe, level five when you get the, well, no, it's the fourth level when you get the mountain climber outfit. The final boss is this giant vulture that you have to fight that's at the top of the mountain. So to paint the picture of what the area looks like, you're at the vulture's nest and there's two little rocks on either side. Mm -hmm. And then these two objects that you can latch your grappling hook onto. 
uh, to swing. And I'll explain the reason why in a second. So the way the boss fight starts is the bird is off in the distance and it flies right at the screen. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happened, Mickey blows off the side of the map and dies. <laughs> and I, I'm like, geez, that's a heck of a way to start the fight. Nice. So, so I'm like, OK, I'll just jump over him. So I do that, still get blown over and die. And then I keep thinking, OK, is it is he actually hitting me? Is it the wind? What what is it? So I then latch on to the grappling hook and then he flies by and nothing happens. So I'm like, OK, good. So then he flies onto the screen holding a giant egg and then he cracks it open and these other little baby vultures come out and they attack you. So I'm like, okay, I need to stun these and then throw them at the bird, but it's not really doing much of anything. And then I end up dying. I die a lot during this fight. (laughs) You want to know the easiest way to beat that damn bird? Uh. Use the grappling hook and take the egg from him and throw it at him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i felt like it? the don't you love it when and they there's boss fights that aren't intuitive at all of what you're supposed to do i said to myself Derek, you are a dumbass for not even <laughs> trying that so once i figured it out i fought him and then went on to to beat emperor pete at his castle so how long uh, did it how long did it take you to actually finish the game it's it's tough to say because like I didn't do it all in one sitting, but once I saw that they there wasn't a save feature, like if I had to go like do something, you know, outside my room or whatever, I would just leave the SNES on pause. So it, <laughs> old it, school. <laughs> yep, exactly. So I mean, it it took me a, a day essentially to beat it. Like I didn't I didn't time myself, but I, I'd say if I had to guess probably like three, well, maybe not even that long. Like I'd say probably two and a half to three hours. It's a very short game. There's only six worlds. Yeah. And then there's not a ton of enemies that you have to fight, you know, getting to like each, each level has like a mid boss in like say one dash two, there's a mid boss. And then at one four, is an actual boss. Mm-hmm. So you go through that repetition and it, the boss fights aren't really all that hard, but you could definitely tell the game was made for, for kids. Like there's yeah. not, I didn't play it on hard mode, which maybe looking back on it, I should have, like, I'd be curious to go back and try that to see if it you know, gives me more of a challenge. Oh, but so it actually gives you uh difficulty difficulty set. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. You have you have easy, normal, and hard. Okay. Uh, but I I do like the idea of this game. Like I think the suits are a really cool idea that give you different abilities. It changes things up. And plus, whenever you get to the castle, you have to switch between the four to be able to actually get to Emperor Pete. And the final boss fight is really cool too. Like Pete is huge, and he's wearing like this, like almost Viking type of headdress. And he uses magic, so you have to use the turban in order to beat him. But for anybody who's interested in playing, I'll offer you a tip because you probably won't be able to win the boss fight if you don't do this. Throughout the game, you find a, a hidden general store 
where you can buy like upgradable items. There's a turban you can buy that cuts your magic use in half. Get that. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to win the final fight. Because every time you use a magic attack, and same thing if you're a firefighter, Mickey, anytime you use water, it drains your meter and you have to refill it by either finding magic lamps or fire hydrant. So I'm sure you probably could if you were really conservative with your magic, but finding the the upgradable turban is going to make your your journey a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> but all like I have more good to say than bad about this game. I mean, my, my knock would be no save feature. It's too short. It's not, it's kind of a knock, but it's not really made for someone that would have been my age at the time. I would have liked the game to have a little bit more of a challenge that. And I thought the music was a little, I felt like it could have been a lot better. Like it's just very repetitive. Like they took the same, you know, like four or five notes and just kind of slightly tweaked them for the different world. So, so I, it, I'm a sucker for video game music. So is it a better game than uh, what was the one for Sega Genesis castle of illusion, castle of illusion. Yeah. I, the Genesis games are better. And now that I've finally played this game, I can say the Genesis ones are better. I am curious to play the the sequels because there's the Disney's Magical Quest 2, The Great Circus Mystery, and then uh, Disney's Magical Quest 3 starring Mickey and Donald, which was for the Game Boy Advance. Mm -hmm. So I'd be curious to to play those as well because I, I like you know the Genesis games. I liked this one. Um, I didn't love it, but if you're a fan of platformers and if you like disney then i think it's it's worth trying like it's it's a cool game to play for a few hours you know, if you don't have anything better to do yeah i wonder why they don't make any more mickey mouse based games like disney mickey mouse based games anymore the last one i remember was epic mickey for the Wii. yeah that's, a, that's and that was i think that was the that last was a one. and that was a fun game too like it mickey had his classic you know like original look and it brought back a lot of like the the forgotten Disney characters from the early years of that company. So I, I have fond memories of the Epic Mickey games. Like once we get to when we'll review Wii games, that's one that's like on my short list. But all in all, I'd say um, well, Electronic Gaming Monthly gave, uh, let's see the was there a oh this is for great circus mystery yeah uh, um actually they it's right here it's uh electronic gaming monthly gave it a nine out of ten yeah and then nintendo power gave it 4.1 out of five snes force gave it a 91 IGN, and going back at, ign only gave it six out of ten yeah that was for the game boy advance version this game was ported to game boy advance and a lot of reviews said that it wasn't as good as the Super Nintendo version. Oh, okay. So I, I never played that one, so I I couldn't tell you. I would say, given how I look at... Like, I look at this game as if it were 1992. I'd give it, I'd say, a six and a half. It has a great foundation. I love the outfits. I think the levels are fun, even though they're not very challenging. Some of the boss fights are fun. 
I liked being in the Disney universe specifically with Mickey and the classic Disney characters. Yeah. But I think they could have added more to this game, maybe like two or three more levels and a little bit better difficulty. And this would have been a home run for me. You know what would be a really fun game uh, if they were to do another Disney game? Uh, you ever, like a Halloween-based game, Disney-based game. You know, like You remember the old Halloween shorts? Um, oh, yeah. You know, like the one with the three ghosts where uh, Mickey, Goofy, and Donald are like Ghostbusters, basically. Oh, yeah. Like that cartoon. And then you had the one with uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie where... Uh, teamed up with the witch to you know give Donald hell because he was being a jerk on Halloween. Like yeah. those would be great to have a game based around that. If we're talking Disney games, I've had this idea in my mind for a while. I would love a true, like, legitimate Darkwing Duck game. Oh, that'd be great. I would play that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I would. I'm. I would like to have another DuckTales game, but actually like like an Uncharted style uh, DuckTales game. How cool would that be? Oh, uh, that'd be another game. Like D- Disney's sitting on more money. I know. Like it, it, DuckTales works for that Uncharted model. Like, you know, that Tomb Raider model where yeah. you have a 3D world and you're playing you know, any one of the, the DuckTales characters, and you're going through these temples, like uh, <clears throat> solving puzzles, you know, uh, avoiding booby traps. Like, why are you not doing this, Disney? You're like, you're, you're just leaving money on the table. I, I don't disagree with you with any of that. Like, that would just be, that'd be a fun, like, list to try to compile is like, what, what type of game would work for each Disney property? Yeah, that that would be fun to think about. Because I I could see maybe Darkwing Duck if you took like the the Spider Man style of gameplay. Yeah, that that, that started in you know like the the old Spider Man game based off the original movie. Because pe- people are screaming at us right now, like nobody watches those anymore, old man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think they would sell. Like if they're good games, they will sell. Oh yeah. That that I'm I'm actually like I want that now. I want a DuckTales Uncharted game. Uncharted style game. I want Day that. one purchase. Then you have like flying sections where you know you get to, to play uh um You play as launch pad. Yeah, so I was gonna say play as launch pad and you're like it's almost like the controls are broken. Like when you're flying the plane, <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah. No, I, I think that'd be perfect. You would have my money, Disney, if you made a game like that. I would spend so much time playing that game. Like I, I want it, but on the other hand, I'm kind of glad it doesn't exist because yeah. I have a very addictive personality <laughs> when it comes to games. So. Yeah. And you would but think either like, way, I'd play that it. whole world of Disney, like with DuckTales and all that stuff. I mean, the whole Disney world, you know, like would make a great MMO, I would think. Oh, absolutely. That that would be fun. Absolutely. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Yeah, even Armez Jackson's in the chat room. He said a 3D DuckTales game. I'd pay for that. See? See, Disney, you're leaving money on the table. Like, this is a great idea. 
Even re- gotta, uh, Rescue Rangers would work in that type of game as well. We have to find out if life is still like a hurricane in Duckburg. <laughs> yes, we do. We got to know. It'd be great. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of the uh, the review, unless you have anything else you want to add before we get out of here tonight. No, I think that's it. I Like I said, I'd still recommend if you're a fan of platformers and you like Disney, definitely check it out. But don't expect anything groundbreaking. Yeah. But it's still a good game. I, so, I enjoyed playing it. Uh, just to, out of curiosity, let me look up on eBay and see what a copy goes for these days. Let's look this up. Let's see. Magic, what's it called? I, Magical Quest. The Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. I'm really curious about this myself. All right, let's see here. Uh, the first one that pops up is uh, twenty two ninety nine. Buy it now. Is this uh, in box or is it just the cartridge? Just, just the cartridge. Uh, there's one uh, here with. Uh, here's one just the box. <laughs> no game. The, the, no game. It's the box, but it's complete with all the stuff. Fifty one dollars. Um, let's see, buy it now, Magic. How would Quest. you pay that without the game? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, video game cart, twenty four ninety four. So roughly, you can buy a copy of it right now, just the cart for around twenty five bucks on eBay. So I imagine mm. it's going to be uh, that much at a retro store. There's one here for nineteen ninety five, but it's plus seven ninety five shipping. So anywhere between twenty five and thirty bucks, you're going to be looking for. To, to get a copy of this. Personally, I think that's a little high for that game, but I mean, you, you kind of take what you can get at this point. Yeah. I mean, it looks like I mean, that's not a bad price. I mean, it's not great, but it depends on how big of a Disney fan you are and, and a yeah. Super Nintendo fan. I think if you're a completionist, you know, that's not a bad price to pick up a loose cart these days because, I mean, these days, that's actually not a bad price. You're not going to get, you're not going to find these at the flea market for, you know, three, four dollars anymore. The, those days have long gone thanks to, uh, thanks to what's going on in the, in the market right now. That's a price I've not heard in, in a, a long, long time. time. A long time. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's gonna bring us to the uh, the end of the episode. It was good to have you back for the yeah, uh, the, no. fir- the first official Derek Diamond uh, episode of the Nerd Cave Retro of 2022. Yeah, absolutely. No good to good to be back. I'm COVID free, so all uh, do all you, systems go for. Do you still need to get a booster now that you've had it. I don't know. I thought about that. That's actually a very good question might want to ask before you go get a yeah. booster and they're yeah. like, Oh, you've already had it. Well, you're going to get sick for a, you know, 24 hours for no reason now. Yeah. I'd rather not do that. Dude, the, the booster <laughs> knocked me down, man. I remember you talking about that. The, the booster, I feel like affected more people than either of the shots. My shots progressively got worse. The very first one was just basically a sore arm and I got a little tired for the next day. The second shot, sore, the, the, didn't really get much of a sore arm, but I felt like crap for about eight hours. Like I was running a bit of a fever, feeling kind of achy, but it was for like, it was like a switch went on. And then for eight hours, I felt like crap. And then the switch went off again and I felt fine. This time, 
I mean, the minute I got the shot, like my arms started itching and burning. And like, I, dude, I had a rash on my arm from that oh shot, a whelp and a rash for like two weeks afterwards from where I got shot. And it was all itchy and crappy feeling. And then I, I was running fever. I could barely get off the couch. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to sleep. I couldn't do anything but just feel like crap for like 24 hours. That's insane that it gave you a rash. Yeah, Armez Jackson said he's wow. dealing with the booster now and his arm aches like crazy. Yeah, that was my arm wow. too. Like I couldn't even sleep on that side of my body. Like I'd roll over in the while trying to sleep and it was like instantly wake me up like, oh crap, it hurts. Well, you're definitely not selling me on wanting to get the booster no, now. <laughs> I would definitely ask the doctor before I got yeah. one. Because <laughs> if you're yeah. good, if you're good, if you've had it and they're like, nah, you've got a natural booster, I, I wouldn't worry about getting it, honestly. Yeah, it, that's crazy because the, you know, the, the first shot I got, my arm was sore, but that was it. And then the second one, my arm was about the same as far as soreness goes. And then I felt tired, but I never like got a fever and I never felt sick. Yeah. So it's just been affecting people in different ways. And and my arm where it was red and like it was a big welt. And like if I just barely touched it, it was like that deep, deep down itch where it's just like it's like an itch you just can't scratch, you know, like you can't satisfy it. Yeah. I hated it. I never I hope we never have to have boosters again. I just never want to do that again. <sighs> I just hope that all this will be behind us at some point. I hope. Come on, Just come on, Mother Nature, stop trying to kill us yeah. all the time. <laughs> uh, man. Oh, well. But uh, like I said, next week I'm going to be uh, reviewing Loop Hero. And uh, so if you haven't gotten it, it's uh, it's like 14 bucks on on the Switch Online. You can, you can get it on, uh, I think, um, Steam has it. Uh, not sure if you can get it on co uh, other consoles like PS4 or in Xbox, but I'm pretty sure you can. I think it's on Game Pass right now, if I'm not mistaken, for the Xbox. So um, to get a chance, go out there, play it. It's a really good game, and I'll be talking about it next week. So, Derek, anything else before we get out of here? What's going on with the Feature Press pod? Yeah, I haven't actually got to talk about the launch on the on the show yet because yeah, we no. <laughs> took the first week of January off and then I was sick last week. So, uh, yeah, three episodes in. So thank you to everybody who's been listening. Got some good feedback on all three shows so far, which is always appreciated. This week was particularly fun because Jason, Wally, and Joey Image joined me to do top five movie sequels, and that might have been the most fun top five list that I've ever done. Not only and I've that, done a lot of them. One of the most fun, but one of the hardest, actually. Yeah. I don't think I've worked that hard on a top five list in a long time. My, I mentioned this on the show, but my list changed twice that day before we actually recorded. Because like I just couldn't, my top three just kept changing. Like as far as the order goes, so yeah, I worked on mine for four days before the show, and then as the show was going on, I was shifting stuff around. So while we were recording, I was shifting yeah. stuff around. Yeah, but no, it's it's a really fun show, and you can check out you know the first three episodes that are out on. Um, podcasting platforms segments are also on YouTube. Uh, I've done reviews on Cobra Kai, interviewed Cobra Kai actors. Uh, this week I review the new Scream movie, which no spoilers, but it's very good. 
definitely go check it out. It's my personally my favorite since the first one. Yeah, as soon as I finished that last episode, I texted Derek. I was like, oh, why did they have to leave it right there? <laughs> now we got to wait a whole year. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, all good stuff. You can check out the show, uh, as I said, on all podcasting platforms on YouTube. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Feature Prez Pod. And uh, over at the Open Micers podcast, me and Jacob have been, uh, it's going to be a month of host led podcast no uh no guests this month but starting next month in february we are back to being loaded loaded down with guests every week and we got some good guests coming so uh go check out the open micers podcast and you can just listen to us basically make fun of each other uh for this month (laughs) that's pretty much all we do every week is just make fun of each other and uh you know roast the crap out of each other and talk about what we've been going doing as far as the open mics around here and doing comedy um this coming up week we're uh talking about uh the show we had in mobile last week which should be quite an interesting conversation because that was one of the rowdiest crowds i think i've ever done comedy for in my life nice so if you want well, to nice to in a good one. way or a bad way, uh, I wouldn't say it was bad, but it definitely wasn't good. It was just sort of okay. uh, one of the other comics. As soon as I got off stage, I went outside because it was a comedy competition. There was like 21 comics and um, I, I did my five minutes, went outside. And one of the other comics that I'm good friends with, he's like, so what, what was it like up on stage, man? And I, I said, well, imagine going to the Humane Society at like six o'clock in the morning and trying to tell jokes to all the dogs that haven't been fed yet. Oh boy. (laughs) And that's exactly (laughs) what it was like. (laughs) Yeah. So it'll be a good conversation. Go uh, listen to that. We'll be recording that. Actually, if you're listening to this tonight or, or during the day on Thursday, uh, it'll be tonight, Thursday night, seven o'clock PM. Uh, right here on uh, twitch.tv slash jfunktastic. And then afterwards, it'll be on the feed, uh, the Open Micers, uh, pretty much wherever podcasts are given away for free, and at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. So I think that's it. Are we ready to go? I think so. It's a nice long episode this week. I like it. Oh, do we want to mention that we're doing the show on Monday? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, um, we since I have to record a, a, a comedy thing next Wednesday, we're actually going to be doing next week's episode of Nerd Cave Retro on Monday night at uh, 7, 7 p.m. Central. That works. Yeah, 7 p.m. Central. Um, and we'll be right here if you want to join us live. And um, yeah, so give me a, a follow over on Twitch and uh, it'll let you know whenever we go live. And um, so that's going to do it for this week. Let me play our music here if you'd like to email us you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com we're at facebook facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro instagram and twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond go buy some merch at ncrmerch.com we sold a bunch of stuff for Christmas so head on over there they're always running sales we got, a, got some new stuff up there we've got some Monsters Anonymous merch over there go 
check it out. NCRmerch.com and of course Patreon at patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro where as little as a dollar a month keeps the lights on and we keep doing those commentary tracks every single month. And if you can't do that, I know times are tough. Leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Master Blaster runs by the town. You blow it! Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want extra episodes every month? Do you want ad-free versions of the show? Then you should sign up over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and you'll get your very own RSS feed to put into whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And you'll be first in line for all extra content. So head on over and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.